0: In August
1: 2015, Gary Newman and Dana Walden, co-chairs and CEOs at Fox, met with journalists to discuss the upcoming Prison Break reboot. When questioned about the reasoning behind
0: rebooting this particular show, Walden remarked that people are still interested in these
1: characters. And she was right. Prison Break remains one of the most successful library shows on Netflix. What is it about these properties that make them so ripe for being
0: remade? A cynic might argue that it's the result of a tired system relying on fond nostalgia to gather as much cash as possible from a sinking ship. But what if it were something more? What if there was some intangible quality that couldn't be quantified? This show is about the search for that essence. This is Still Interested for Curious.
1: Hello, and welcome back to Still Interested, a TV and Film Reboot Remake podcast for the Curio Network. I'm, as always, your East Coast boy, living it up in the, 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 the three hours <laughs> two, two to three hours ahead of my regular time zone, but at least a day behind my regular brain process, Ben McAllister. <laughs> uh,
2: and I am your uh, prodigal son, Jackson Newsid.
1: Hey, that's a good one.
2: Yeah, well, you know, it's like a sort of a biblical thing, but like not not too evangelical. You know what I mean? So yeah, that, that's uh, our that's vibe. vibe. We frequently make like subtle
1: biblical references. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's about right. And I th- I feel like if I'm not mistaken, we have a guest.
3: Hi, I'm M. Saint Clair. Um, I'm here with you today.
1: <laughs> oh, <Whoa. laughs> cool. that's cool. Have you got like a fun like like way to introduce yourself? Like usually we do a thing. Like you heard how good mine was. Try and use yeah, that yeah, as the yeah. mold. yeah. Yeah, exactly. It. And like, uh, something in the ballpark of what Ben was doing would of, be great. Of me like stuttering for ten seconds. <laughs> 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 See if you can match that.
3: Um, I am M. Saint Clair. You're very cramped and squished next to Jackson. <laughs> friend
1: oh
2: that's nice I I create quite
1: a hostile recording space when I here. (laughs) this Um, is why the the guests are almost always co-located with me (laughs) Um, exactly exactly. we've tried Jackson episodes before and like a couple of the guests actually passed out in the middle of the they were were suffocated Uh, we should acknowledge hey we've got a guest and we're fucking back to actually doing a full length episode
2: of this podcast I hope you you weren't expecting a nice easy 30 minute episode because this one's probably going to be like an hour 30 Yeah,
1: I, I hope there's still anyone listening after <laughs> uh, the fucking, what, like, six-week hiatus we basically yeah, took? Yeah, yeah, look, yeah. look,
2: but like, actually, okay, quite sincerely, many apologies as you might have come across on social media, but <laughs> your yes, boys got busy, your boys got very yeah. busy, lots of travel we involved. Doing um, it all. Yeah. I was in the so. States, Jackson
1: was in eight different countries, it was all... Yeah. It was all very good, and yeah. now here we are. And, and this is the fucked up thing, right? Like, I'm back in Australia, but I'm not back in Perth. I'm in fucking Melbourne at the moment. Dude, like, yeah, not, I feel the I'm same way. I'm not even
2: way. home. I've been feeling that way for about a year, my dude. Like, I, yeah. I really, I
1: really yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not even home. I'm literally, like, sitting at the fucking coffee table in an Airbnb, like, fucking looking at the MCG out the window and just, like, pretending that this is all very normal and the I'm at Australian home. But anyway, thing. Fuck. Shall we? Yeah, I know. I feel like I am in a Paul Kelly song, as you you referenced. shall we dip right in? Like, should we, should we like, okay, yeah, you'd be forgiven for forgetting the last franchise that we started doing <laughs> was, <laughs> was, Tomb Raider starring Angelina Jolie. Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. Well, of course, they remade that movie uh, in, was it, 2017, Jackson? I believe 2018. 2018, my dude. Is it like this year, yeah. yeah Fuck, I this, should know yeah. because spoilers, I went and saw this movie in cinemas. <laughs> I have now seen this movie three fucking times.
2: I cannot believe that, but it's true. This was the first film that I uh, worked when I got my recent uh, gig working in a cinema. Like, oh this no! Wait, the, the first film that I was playing. So yeah, it's been a real cyclical uh, experience. So you've seen
1: guy. like fractions of this movie like a lot of times.
2: Oh yeah, I saw I saw like <laughs> the opening and the ending of this movie like a lot. And then oh, I nice. was like, wow, I can't wait to one day watch that movie in full. Little did I know I'd watch it <laughs> twice in full uh, in, the, in a matter of <laughs> weeks yeah because like we
1: we both watched it like to to, to draw you behind the curtain we both watched the movie like thinking we were gonna have time to record before we both went away we didn't it's now been like fucking three weeks and we were like shit we finally got time to record this episode we should watch the movie again yeah like yeah it's been a lot of watch throughs now first thing i would like to point out in my notes here Square Enix involved oh my in the God, same. Of this movie. My right? guy, yes. Like, video game movie, Square Enix. Yeah. Very cool.
2: Final Fantasy, I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah. And I- I'm guessing, obviously. Well, I mean, I imagine Tomb Raider games, unless they really just <laughs> came out and-, and jacked someone else's teeth. I'm
1: not actually um, sure. Hang on, let's. Yeah, no. Okay, so they do make the Tomb Raider games, but fucking. It's not one of their, like most well-known titles Yeah, there's a monologue about a powerful sorceress named Himiko who spreads death with her hand uh, she was beaten and bound by her own generals and she's tied up and imprisoned somewhere because she was a Death goddess, I suppose. Uh, you could be wondering at this point who is this delightful dulcet tone coming in, delivering this monologue. Let's not spoil it immediately because, yep, you bet it. You better believe it. Now we get a quick shot. It is in fact Dominic West <laughs> playing Lara Croft's dad, Detective Jimmy McNulty himself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're like, rocking in with uh, Himiko, yeah, the first queen of Japan. Uh, we get some stuff about uh, her going to an island in the Devil Sea, we're seeing lots of maps and drawings, and- yeah, just, I guess, sort of setting up the, like, shaky exposition that this film is going the to rely on.
1: weird Japanese culture thing that is going to be the recurrent theme of this movie, that's right. So, yeah, I guess, like, this guy is like, Richard Croft, he's, like, Lara Croft's dad, spoiler, spoiler, it's Dominic West, and he's talking about how his life's work was, like, trying to find Himiko, and he's like, oh, I'm so sad, I figured out she's on this island, I have to go there. Because I don't know. I guess like she's dangerous or something. Because she's had like death powers, and so he's gonna go find the tomb, and he's gonna have to leave his poor sweet Lara behind. And I'm pretty sure that's that's the start of the movie, right? Like yeah. a little pre-movie movie.
3: Which is like my first question of just like, why does he want to find her so much? It's like this creepy death goddess, and just all these yeah. like creepy like yeah. drawings of her, and she's got like corpses around her, and she's like, oh, I just really got to go find her. It's like yeah. why?
1: We later get something approximating an explanation for that, if I'm not much mistaken. Much later. Much later, <laughs> yeah. But also,
2: I would say, and not to spoil it, it I wouldn't say it's a good explanation. If anything, the explanation we get is kind of like, then you would go anywhere other than there. Like,
1: <laughs> it's it's actually just sad, hey? Like, the, like that, that is actually a sad moment. It's he really, like, wow, this was your play? Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, <laughs> yeah, so, like, I guess, like, now we cut to to Lara Croft and she's in a boxing ring and it is fucking Alicia Vikander, Oscar winner, Oscar, <laughs> Alicia winner. Alicia Oscar winner, just fucking getting wailed on in this ring. I believe marmalized is the, thing, uh, the way that it is described.
2: Marmalized,
1: God. <laughs> yep. She gets absolutely marmalized, she gets choked out, she's very upset, her friend's giving her a shit, she's like, oh, you got, you got totally marmalized, and she's like, well, you know what? I'm a Deliveroo rider for a company called Snack
2: Cycle. <laughs> yeah, dude, and... on that Uber Eats Live! <laughs> yeah! Uh, you know it you, too well,
0: Jackson.
2: I really, I really had a connection with Lara in that moment, because I oh. was like, yeah, for sure. I used to deliver food, I used to go into boxing games and get the shit beaten out of me, and my dad <laughs> went off hunting death goddesses. Like, I feel Damn. a real deep connection. Maybe that's why you actually enjoyed this movie whereas I just hated
1: it all three times that I saw it including in cinemas and then the two times on DVD. Listen, uh, listen.
2: Enjoyment is a it's a thing, you know. It's it's a how do you, how do you how many roads must a uh, you you know right. what I mean? I will say
1: this the answer might be three because this movie has worn <laughs> me down like by the third watch i was like <laughs> this is okay <laughs> like i enjoyed it a lot more yeah. on watch Yeah, three. La- look, lara
2: croft 2018 not worth re-watching but worth watching again after that <laughs> Th- three watching if you will yeah, anyway exactly.
1: uh i'll marmalize you is my first title pitch uh, the guy who owns who owns the gym comes in and is like, "Give a behind on your payments." And she's like, "Well, goodbye. I'm gonna go deliver food." Uh, and she works for a company called Snack Cycle. I really like Snack Cycle as a concept. Like, I don't, yeah. can I get that on a t-shirt? Like, it's, it's like a pretty cool cool <laughs> logo. It looks cool. But, like, we're straight in, like, we're in very contemporary London. And, like, this is one of the first, like, major key points of difference about this movie from the original one that I actually quite enjoyed. This is, like, you actually feel like you're in London as opposed to some, like, vague lord and lady Britain, which is where the Angelina Jolie flick is set, right? Like, it's pretty much, yeah. like, in her estate and then various different countries. Whereas here, it's, like, inner city, metro London. There's like like Indian restaurants that she's getting the food from, and they're all like British Indian people, and it's
2: all very like I don't know modern. Yeah. And cool. Well, one one, one thing I want to note here is that like Lara is poor apparently, um, yeah. like, like as a major difference from the original film, like where we get her and she's all kind of like, oh look at my piles of money. This time she's just kind of like, oh I'm I'm working for Snack Cycle, man. Oh I'm I've got to like grind to make that paper. I'm a lady oh. of the
1: people. Yeah. And yeah. this is something that we'll that we'll come back to for sure. Like. You definitely get the impression, like, this movie is like Lara Croft colon origins, as far as Warner Brothers is concerned. Like, the the other movie was like, we're going to take this established franchise of this, like, world-weary, cool, tomb raiding, billionaire Lara Croft and just, like, give you one chapter of her life as Tomb Raider. Whereas this is very much like, she's not that yet and she's going to become it. And it's just like, did they need to take two hours doing that? Why not just give us the cool stuff? Anyway... I don't
3: know, dude. I really enjoy it. I'm very here for the beginning of her, for the making of her, for the forge her.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's a cool idea. I appreciate it. I just feel like this movie just drags too much. I mean like okay, like we're getting ahead of ourselves again. We're an hour and eighteen minutes before anyone enters a tomb in this movie called <laughs> Tomb Raider. <laughs> yeah. So
2: like a tomb hunter sort of film. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> tomb Finder. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there, there should there should be like another sibling like Darren or like like Darren Croft <laughs> Toon Finder and the sequels always, like you do a Darren film and then you do a Lara film right afterwards.
1: Oh my god! Yeah. All right. So she's picking up the food and she's going into like I don't know like where, where is she? She's in like a bike shop place.
3: I think like, it's, like hanging out with like all the Uber yeah. Eats drivers.
2: Like snack cycle HQ. I, I, yeah. I believe.
1: Yeah. yeah like. I'd, I guess, that, yeah, I guess there is a Snack Cycle HQ and there's these other two boys who also ride for Snack Cycle and they're like, we need a lady or someone for a fox hunt and they reveal what a fox hunt is which is that it's like a gambling thing where one person is a fox and they have a tin of paint on the back of their bike and all the other people fucking chase them through the streets of London on their bike and like, I'm not really sure what's like in it to lose for the fox like if they get caught they just don't get the money, like it seems like that's a pretty good deal, but they make it out like she's assuming all this risk by agreeing to be their fox.
3: Well, she doesn't get uh, much of a head start. It's like five yeah, yeah. seconds. <laughs> it's like it's yeah, not yeah. really much of a chase.
1: It's definitely very unfair. But <laughs> they make it. They make it out like she's like, oh, so stupid. Why would you want to do it? It's like, what does she have to lose? Like she gets caught. And she's like, oh
2: dang. I guess I don't get a bunch of free money. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. Yeah, that's true. Um. Yeah. It, it is. It's also just kind of like d- destroying the city of London. Because you just have these random goons on (laughs) bikes just, like, going around painting up all over the city. Like, it's a beautiful old city, and they're just, like, tearing it down.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so we've we've gotten ahead of ourselves. She's in HQ. This guy comes out, and he's wearing, like, a headset, and his name is Bruce. And he's like, what are you doing, Lara? Why are you riding for Snack Cycle? Like, teasing the fact that she's actually a billionaire, but just doesn't have the money. (laughs) And then she, like, makes some joke about how it's because she's in love with him. And I wanted to know if you guys will allow me, if you'll indulge me. Where this particular boy is now? Oh, <laughs> as in a few months later? Yeah, yes. maybe, maybe his star this has really—he's present in his Yeah, his in his point. Point. yeah okay. To find out who Bruce is, he's not on the first page of the cast <laughs> on IMDb. It is concerning, isn't it? Yeah, you have to wonder if, if he's even credited. Okay, no. Okay, all right. So this guy, his name is Joseph Alton, and okay. his full uh, credited character title is Bruce the Boss. So uh, oh,
2: what? Yeah, okay, that's pretty. B- bit, sick, bit of actually. a bit of a, a New Yorker uh, mafia sort of vibe going <laughs> on. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bruce oh, the oh my Boss. God, Jackson, no. <laughs> Listen, okay, let me no. we, let me weave this tapestry, Benjamin.
1: This guy, this guy's had a career, man. He's been in Game of Thrones he was on three seasons of Game of Thrones as Piper he was in Le the the TV miniseries and also the 2012 film as a convict seems like he might be most well known for for oh eastern promises (laughs) there you go
2: okay so, like, you know, well, I mean, this is a great bet, dude, and like one that we should do more often, I think, with more contemporary films, because like, if he makes it now, we're yeah. essentially like, we're star makers. Like, we, we, we did it. We are king you know? makers. Everybody, yeah.
1: <laughs> go hang out on Twitter with Joseph Alton or wherever he hangs his hat. Just, I don't yeah. know. That being said, this guy's had a fucking career. Like, go oh, over no, Joseph yeah. Alton's IMDb page. He's got credits extending back to 1999, like, working consistently in the fucking TV and film industry. So, like, I don't know, good for this guy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and, and now we're in the fox hunt, shall we? Shall we dip into the fox hunt? Is one of you want to describe a yeah. fun fox hunt scene?
2: I, um, I, I just want to duck back, back real quick, because in this scene in uh, Snack Cycle HQ... Um, They're going around and like, I can't remember what they're talking about exactly, but they're like talking about some sort of bullshit and then like Lara just knows the answer or whatever and then they're like, whoa, Lara, Lara, what what, do you mean? Why do you know the answer to that? And she says like, oh, things just stick in my brain. And that was a title pitch for me. Things just stick in my brain because it's really indicative of some of the excellent script writing that we have uh, (laughs) at the moment and to come.
3: I will say with the fox hunt though, um, <laughs> she's like racing through, powering through back alleys and like, you know, doing some cool little tricks here and there. And she's she's very fast and very good. But there is some like weird filming happening where if you do actually know London, uh, they're jumping around <laughs> a lot. Like they're not in the one area. Which I know, you know, look, you know, filmmaking. I'm sure you got to do what you got to do to get your shots, but. It's just glaringly obvious to someone who knows London, and a lot yeah. of people know London. Like a lot of people live there,
2: you know. So <laughs> 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 we 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 have our first submission to IMDb for a goof yeah. for a film. Yeah. So uh, I can't believe we, we're actually responsible. We for what can it now, now start generating <laughs> them ourselves. Let me
1: quickly just hop on there. Yep, adding goof. This is not London. <laughs> uh, I, say during the Vox Hunt, Lara violates the spirit, perhaps, but not the rules yeah. by getting in the back of a moving truck. Oh, I like, it was so badass, fight. though. Like, yeah. fuck
3: those guys. Like, yeah, girl, get up on the back of that truck. Like,
1: <laughs> Very clever. Got a question. Why she later gets out of the truck is what I <laughs> wanted to know. Like, she's basically won the game by, like, getting in the truck, so she's not leaving the trail of paint anymore. She's moving really quickly. She can just hide until the paint can runs out. She goes on the truck for, like, three blocks, and then is like, alright, just hops off the truck I guess to give them, like, a sporting chance? I don't know why she feels the need to do that. But yeah. then she's, she's back in the chase, and some dude's, like, chasing her through a park, and she, like, like weaves through the, the park benches, and this guy's getting close, and he's, like, gonna reach out and grab the foxtail that would mean he wins the hunt. And fucking LVP to this guy, because he just gets obliterated by a stationary <laughs> bench. He's, like, riding through a park, and he's like, oh, I'm so close to the... And then just, like, rides fucking headfirst first into a bench and just gets absolutely ruined. I have no sympathy for this guy. He, he sucks. Now, yeah, she's, like, kind of gotten away and, like, she's she's in the clear and then she sees someone on the side of the road who kind of looks like Detective Jimmy McNulty and gets distracted and then hits a police car. But she doesn't just, like, hit a police car. Like, she hits this police car in the worst imaginable way. Like, she ends up on the bonnet. The paint goes everywhere. She's just like writhing around
2: in a puddle of paint, like. Uh. <laughs> And the scene just goes on for like thirty-five seconds yeah, of her just, just like... writhing in pain, which like...
3: really just starts like for this movie is just her writhing in pain for most of it, like yeah. just her just getting absolutely pummeled by various things and objects.
1: It's actually brilliant foreshadowing. Yeah,
2: yeah. actually, when you think about it, yeah, it's also it's also the, the, the last example of color that we have in the movie before the filmmakers suck it all out for the rest of the movie. Yeah, um, so she does get arrested, and I gotta say, like at this point, I was sort of like. Would you get arrested for that?
1: Like, she was, she was in an accident. Like, the cops don't know she was doing, like, a fox hunt. They just, like, oh, there was a lady with a bike carrying a tin of paint. She accidentally in our car. Arrest.
2: <laughs> Well, maybe it's like an alternate dystopian future where, like, London, the city, is mapped out differently, and (laughs) fox hunts have like taken over the streets, and like I mean, there is in-text evidence for that, as evidenced
1: by the fact that the London geography is obviously different. (laughs) (laughs) So she gets arrested. She goes to the police station, and a lady comes along and is like. You don't need to be gambling for money, you idiot. You've got a lot of money if you just admit your dad's dead.
2: Yeah, yeah. so this is us meeting uh, Anna Miller, played by Christian Scott Thomas, Mm -hmm. who um, I think has, like, two scenes in the movie. But, like, I feel like... Yeah, but, like, I feel like it's really, like, this is an important character. Like, this whole scene is, like, you're going to be meeting her again. And you're just kind of like, when... Um, but yeah <laughs> twice more in the next 2 yeah, hours is when, you're you're yeah. right she she rocks up and she's like listen Laura just tell everyone that your dad's dead admit it you coward and then you'll get <laughs> then all the money you get all this
1: money like we we learn basically through context that her dad disappeared and like she was like a rich billionaire and she can't get her inheritance until she signs the your dad is dead papers that Which, I just guess- like-
3: but she's like stubbornly not doing because she just like yeah. can't admit to herself that maybe he is dead. But like my question is, why doesn't she just lie to everyone? Be like, yeah, okay, I'll sign the papers. He's dead. Whatever. Get the yeah. money. Then go looking for him with all the money yeah, that she it, has.
1: It, it's not like if he then comes back, it's gonna be like, mm, well, you're legally dead. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, yeah, <I'm laughs> sorry, sorry sir. Nothing personal. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. It's just but the also, law. What I want to know is, why does she have sole authority to decide whether or not her dad is legally dead? Like, surely there are procedures in place for this.
2: I mean, it, it, to be fair, it was probably in his will or something like that. He probably was like, only Lara can confirm my death. <laughs> legally, she's the only one that I give that power to.
1: Oh, Jesus. Okay, so we get a, a very lazy title pitch, which if it isn't a tagline, I don't know what I'm going to do, which is I'm just not that kind of Croft. She says, and then like there it is, right? Like that. It's
2: it's honestly more of a Darren thing to do. Darren Darren would sign (laughs) the papers, be off hunting a new tomb immediately.
1: Yeah, like, Darren's got a binder full of tombs he's found, but he's just waiting for Lara to raid.
2: He sends, he's got he a backlog sends, of jobs.
1: <laughs> he sends her new tombs, like, every month. Like, hey, Lara, just checking in. Found this sweet tomb in Thailand. <laughs> Darren crafts tomb binder. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, okay, so now she has a childhood flashback Where Dominic West is there And he's like, hello Lara, I'm being very nice to you And also, goodbye I don't really remember anything other than that Like, He gave her a little
2: amulet um, That's right
3: we get the back before you know I'm gone, know I'm gone little thing.
2: Yeah. yeah. Do we, do we get it, the first of those little, like, kiss oh, things as well? I,
3: th- I don't know, but just that kiss thing.
1: He always calls her Sprout in a way that Dominic West just seems profoundly uncomfortable saying. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, it never feels like there's any warmth behind it or any genuine feeling. <laughs> like, the whole Lara and her dad relationship feels so contrived.
2: It, yeah, 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 it, it's pretty rough. But yeah, and this is, I, th- I think, whether it's here or later, like, they 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 have this thing which like they, they they sort of like kiss two of their fingers and like point them to each other. It's a
3: creepily like ET sort of. Yeah, it's, right. it's <laughs> very much
2: an, a very strange ET sort of uh, sort of vibe going on.
1: So she goes to Croft Holdings, like I guess, like the the company that like her dad owns. And all right, tell me what your guy's vibe on this, like. To me, she was just needlessly a dick to the guy at the desk, who was just doing his job and not even being rude. Like he doesn't know who she is. She comes in dressed like a bike courier, and he's like, "Oh, bike couriers around the back." And she's like, oh, "I'm not a bike courier." Well, I am. And he just politely is like, "Yeah, so round the back." And she's, <laughs> just, <laughs> right. she's just gonna fuck with him for no reason because everyone's like, hmm, "No, uh, I'd like to sign in, please. Uh, I'm Lara." Croft? And this guy's just like,
2: oh no. <laughs> well, she probably does it every time and she probably fires him. <laughs> to you. Like, it's probably like his third day. He's just come in and everyone's like, watch out for Lara Croft.
1: So she goes upstairs and she meets, like, I want to know, is this guy from Game of Thrones? Is this like the, the, the old guy, like the old lawyer boy who's like, has the Your Dad is Dead papers that she has to sign? I feel like he might have been a Game um, of Thrones boy. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Oh yeah, Derek Jacoby's Mr. Yaff <laughs> mm-hmm, Mr. Yaff Was he in Game of Thrones or did I make that up? He's definitely in Gladiator
2: He's definitely in Underworld Evolution uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones, I don't think so But you think he could be And honestly he might be in the last season Because he'd be a good get Maybe
1: he's in the forthcoming Game of Thrones I will Man. say if you go to his IMDB page His most recent picture is of this very scene That we're talking about now Derek Jacobi and Alicia Vikander in Tomb Raider
2: but Man, can you imagine yeah. if we picked him being in Game of Thrones—that would be oh my God. like just some, well, you know.
1: Magical I feel like stuff. every British actor will be in Game of Thrones at, at some point. point or another.
2: <laughs> as in, so, like, as in, hang on, do you do you think the end of the, the end of the series is like? And lastly, a special thank you to the actors of Britain, and then just like a slideshow of like headshots of like yeah. actors that are working in London as we speak. But they just play,
1: like, Jerusalem over the whole thing.
2: Like, really, it's just really slow, stately,
1: black-and-white slideshow of yeah, current sounds- British
2: yeah, that 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 sounds like Dan and D.B. Ways. That sounds like what they, what they do. Those talentless hacks, these opinions of mine and not of the podcast. Anyway,
1: uh, why is it all Japanese this time? Kind of an interesting decision that they've made. She's got like a Japanese puzzle box and she has to figure it out.
2: Why wouldn't they go Chinese? Like the Chinese market is gigantic. Like, yeah. like <laughs> what, why, what? I just, uh, anyway. Yeah, I mean, like, I
1: feel like like centering it on any one culture is kind of weird. Like the like the original Terminator movie, it was like she was all over the world. She's in Siberia. She's in fucking this place. She's in that place. And like that was one of the things that was cool about that movie was like we got to go to a lot of different locations and explore all this different stuff. Whereas this is literally just like, no, it's this one Japanese island, and like it's all like Japanese puzzle boxes and shit. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's cool, I guess. So she opens up this puzzle box. Uh, I guess technically she wasn't meant to have the puzzle box until she signed the papers, but she hasn't signed the papers yet because inside the puzzle box she finds a riddle. I fucking love riddles. <laughs> They're very on brand for this franchise. The first letter from my final destination is what is on the riddle card.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, and there's
2: a, a, is there a photo inside as well? I'm not sure. I believe you if you say there is. Because well, I, I wrote here... Um, it's a photo which she doesn't need because she's constantly having flashbacks.
1: Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well,
2: perhaps there is a photo and you you had a flashback. Yeah, (laughs) maybe. Oh, God, (laughs) who knows? The experience of this film is really just in and out for me.
3: Um, Before we move on, also, I just want to comment on how fucking dope this room is. Like, the aesthetic of this whole building I'm really here for. Uh, it's very, very fancy and slick. It's very good. Mm, mm.
1: You're right. That boardroom is fucking extreme.
2: Uh, <laughs> all
1: right. So where are we now? What happens now? She goes... All right. She goes to the Croft Estate. I think this is like the only time we see the Croft Estate in this movie. Uh, I'm not... One of
2: two times, I think. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. So she goes out there and she finds like his tomb and like she realizes that like the first letter in his name on his tomb she can remove and inside there's a secret button that opens a door. <laughs> How did he have this made? How do you make a secret <laughs> entrance to your own tomb? Like did he have this constructed before he died? or was it in his will that this needed to happen? Yeah, dude or, rich like, people
3: are like so obsessed with their tombs. They're like you know, go and visit them and like build them up over the, like the years and years of their lives. Uh, okay, I like you show clearly so like you're so fucking rich.
1: He clearly was using this as, like, a base of operations for his tomb-finding research. Darren's in and out there all the time, but, like, what, 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 did, was it always behind, like, a tomb for him?
2: Like, did he have his tomb, like, waiting? Yeah, it's very meta. You, there's something, yeah, very meta, something very narcissistic about, like, your tomb of operations being in you, like, there's a big vibe.
1: Yeah, so there is no actual tomb there. There's just a secret door to, like, a fucking, like, basement room. And that's the thing. You get in there, it's not really, like, opulent and cool. It's literally, like, a dirty study. There's,
2: like, a desk covered in papers. Also, also, what if they actually found his body and went to, like, (laughs) leave his body there? And we're like, what the fuck? There's no tomb here. There's just a secret room. What if he just had a heart attack walking down the street one day before he got going? And then, like, yep. all of a sudden Trinity knows all about Himiko. Like, it's just very foolish. So, we definitely find a bunch of false passports for her dad,
1: and she's looking through them, and an old Sony camera where her dad has recorded a message. Now, I would like to say this is a good time for my first Mighty Goof for this franchise, and this is okay. fucking fair enough. This didn't fucking trigger for me at the time. He went missing seven years ago and this camera is fully charged. (laughs) It's just been been sitting on the desk for seven years. That is an ad for Sony if ever I've seen it. Yeah, Jesus. Was Sony involved in the production of this movie? Like, you have to assume that they were.
2: (laughs) Man, I want to get a Sony camcorder. Good God. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I know. They lost forever, man. So... (laughs) There's a recorded message, and he's like, Hey, I've been researching Himiko, Uh, I know your mum died... And also, I'm calling you Spr- Sorry, this is like my stream of consciousness okay, notes for yeah, what happened in yeah. this video. Also, the I'm calling you Sprout and burn all of the stuff about Himiko. Please don't go on the quest to find it. Wink, wink. Really don't. Wink, wink. I know I've spent my life looking for this stuff, but I really hope you don't do the same. What, like, manipulative yeah.
2: reverse psychology. I know. There's also something immensely, immensely sad about being like... <laughs> after your mum died... I became obsessed with the supernatural, trying to find <laughs> its existence on, like, the human planes. And I was like, there's something, yeah. like, so, so sad about that, about me being like, oh, the goddess of death, I'll find her. Oh, Yeah, my. I know. Like,
1: that's what I meant. Like, it's really sad. But also, like, it's so, yeah, like, you're at manipulative. To be like, now, I know, like, I've devoted my life to trying to bring your mum back to life, but you probably
2: don't want to. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. You, you were never that close, I guess. I, I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs>
1: just go ahead and Just go ahead and burn everything in the himicard yeah, folder. But... <laughs> <laughs> he does um, say now this. I have to point out. <laughs> I was watching this movie with my brother because I rewatched it last night over in Melbourne. Shout out to Jacob. He's certainly listening. Um, like at one point, Dominic West character is like, "But I know you never wanted to do what you were told." And like Jake was like, "That was supposed to be the subtext, but it was just the text." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: lot of spoken <laughs> subtext <laughs> yeah,
1: some very
2: yeah. hand characterization we get that uh, they're going to the lost island that oh I say they uh, that Richard was leaving for like the lost island of Yamatai um, yep. which is which is the exact island in the devil's sea um, yep, where him supposedly was like he says it's like a speck on the map which no one else uh, noticed I'm not sure if that means that like no one else like notices and like no one else found it, or that literally there's a speck on the map that no one else ever like realizes there. And he was like, "Hang on a second, it's right here.
1: <laughs> it's been here the whole time. It even says him, time." Because <laughs> like we're in we're in 2017,
3: 2018, right? Like this is like real world time. So yeah. what? So in like 2010, people still hadn't found an island. Yeah. Like it's that doesn't really
1: add up. Yeah, no that is true. Like you think there'd be satellite images or something or like I don't know. If there's natural resources there, someone probably tried to exploit it. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> Um. so yes she now is like oh yeah we get like a little just repeat of like the start opening monologue like hey did you forget about this did you forget about this from 20 minutes ago <laughs> 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 Himiko was the goddess of death and she's imprisoned on this island right okay great so she's like fuck I gotta go to this island she realizes she's gonna need money to get there she finds an email from some dude called Lou Ren to her dad being like I'll take you there for 20,000 US dollars and she's like great so she goes to a pawn shop because she still won't sign that your dad is dead papers and Nick Frost is there and she's like hey you see this necklace it was given to my father by the grand emperor of so and so who traded it to the sultan of what and what and then he's like <laughs> I don't think that's true anyway I'm gonna be a really unlikable tool but also kind of carry the scene in a fun way yes,
2: he's very totally. sassy he's very good yeah we get uh, Nick Frost playing Alan and then Pamela uh, played by
1: that lady who you see from time um, to time yeah,
2: yeah yeah Jamie Winston no relation surely <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> child <laughs> of Ray! Sweet <laughs> child of Ray!
1: Daughter of Ray! Ugh. Oh, Ray Winston's. Blood Man. has made its way into this movie. That is something else. I will say, this scene delivered on the first two points of remakeability for me for this franchise that had been sorely missing up to this point because it was just a different fucking franchise up till now, <laughs> which is charming British nonsense in the mm. form of Nick Frost and Jamie Winston, and also a fucking all-star cast because we've got Dominic West, we've got fucking Alicia Vikander, we've got Nick Frost, we've got Jamie Winston and Ray Winston's daughter. We're all up yeah. in the mix.
2: We've also got, like a, like, a Winston in the film and a lot of foolishness on boats, which means that this film is, like, quite thematically linked to the uh, Point Break remake, oh, which I'm actually exactly. very,
1: very into. Yeah, no, you know what? That has given me a newfound appreciation for this movie. Uh, basically, yeah. they haggle all over this necklace. He's like, £10,000, and she's like, more, and he's like, all right, then, £9,000. And then eventually she takes 8000 I think, and throws a cup of coffee on him and leaves. I think that's,
2: yeah. that's I, pretty much it. I'm going to be honest, dude. I kind of want to throw a co MVP their way. Just because, like, I. This scene, I was kind of like, this is the movie I want to watch.
1: You know yeah, what I mean? No, like, like, I, I like, completely
2: agree. Like, this was w- fun. W- like this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like the energy in it, and, like, I think Jamie and, like, Nick and, like, uh, like Alicia, all together, all three actors, they just did a great job in this scene. And then it's like, and now it's getting dark again. Like, <laughs> yeah,
1: I felt like this had, like, a, like the remakeability there, like, some of the fun vibes of the, exactly. the Angelina Jolie yeah. flick. So she's in Hong Kong and she's walking around on the docks like anyone seen Lu Ren? I need to talk to Lu Ren. He took my dad to Yamatai. Where is Lu Ren? And <laughs> she, she gets robbed by some punks on the jetty. Before yeah, the, so by the punks some come teens
2: over. it looks like. Yeah. Like they I look know. very young, which is very embarrassing like, for her. Yeah, I know. She does get completely punked. <laughs> like, <laughs> they,
1: they come over and they're like oh, you're looking for Lu Ren? Yeah, and like puts an arm around her and like points at a boat. He's like, he's on that boat over there.
2: Yoink! like <laughs> <crash laughs>
1: Dang, fucking yeah. literally in. like
2: they're running holding up a camera behind them just like, like shouting out to their YouTube prank channel like, like it's owned, very owned. very 2018 very embarrassing <laughs> yeah it's it's disrespectful
1: is what it is but don't worry <laughs> she is Lara Croft like I, I gotta say though like this is this is like re- repeating what I mentioned before about this being like Lara Croft origins like the Angelina Jolie Lara Croft doesn't get punked by teens on, like, a Hong Kong jetty. Like, she's too <laughs> world-weary, too smart, too cool. Like, they walk over, and she's like, huh, this old scam? I saw that the first time 15 years ago while you were still in diapers, and then, like, beats the shit out of them and, like, walks away. This is, like, Lara Croft origins. Like, she's, like, learning how to be world-weary. Yeah, exactly. By avoiding yeah. these kinds of scams. So she like we get like pretty cool chase scene. I don't know. Does someone want to describe this? I don't remember it that well. I don't
3: remember it that well either. Actually, they're just like l- lots of fun, <laughs> jumpings across lots of boats, and I yeah. the think there's some like swinging across some things, and
2: ba- basically it's sort of yeah. like continue. It's a continuing. It's it's almost like a. Um, like, a Jackie Chan style of, like, chase scene sort of thing. In the sense of, like, she's... Like, like things keep going wrong. She's just a master of, like, improvisation, like, right at the last second. And so, at no point <laughs> do you watch this being like, she's really got this handled. It's more that she's, like, throwing herself around the place and sort of saves herself in the last second. Which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, um, but but it does I think in the sense that all three of us are kind of like what happens in it again <laughs> like it gets a bit, it gets a little bit beige when it's just kind of like a lot of yeah. crates breaking and swinging in the air and that sort of some thing. classic a shots movie. of like
3: her running through restaurant yeah, boat she, things
2: yeah. and upending dishes she, and gra- she grabs the she gets a bag back and then one of the teens pulls a knife Cause cause yeah, do he pulls a butterfly knife this prank butterfly. has taken a dark turn <laughs> 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 I know Lo- Logan Paul eat your heart out <laughs> He does like a sweet
1: flippy dip with the knife, and I gotta say dude, is this a guy being good at knives? That was one of our points of (laughs)
2: remakability. That was
1: cool, cool knife stunts. Oh man, yeah, maybe that's it. They've delivered on that a little bit. Uh, and So she's like, alright, I brought fists to a knife fight. Goodbye. And starts running away, basically. <laughs> and she finds the boat Endurance, which begs the question, why did these punks tell her the real boat? Like, why were they like, oh, Luren? Yeah, he's on Endurance over there. Because she's found herself at the boat that Luren is on, which she only knows because these boys told her. Like, if they were scabbing her, why did they have to tell her that? Anyway, whatever. So she gets on the boat and, like, a guy comes out with a gun... And he's like, get out of here, you little shits. And of course, he has a pleasing North American accent.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: he's, he's also drunk as fuck. And, like, falls over, like, off the side of the, like, I don't know. I, I really should know what that's called, shouldn't I? Uh, <laughs> the fly deck. Now, he's, like, he's passed out, right? He's, he's, he's drunk. But, like, he yeah. did manage to scare away the the punks on who. It, Trying to and stab not shoot her, people by accident because he's <laughs> yeah. falling off a fucking boat with a gun. <laughs> yeah, she puts him in the toilet of this grungy, grungy boat and sprays him with a hose. and, Oh, god, I hate this boat! I hate it, I hate it so much. <laughs> yeah, I just can't, grungy. like, it's it's very, yeah, it's a bad vibe. Uh, and she's like, You took my dad to Yamatai, and he's like, No, that was my dad, he's also called Lu Ren. And then she's Idiot. like, Fuck, yeah,
2: Man, what is it with people like just like, like in this movie? being like don't you know who I am like like maybe you just you've never met someone before like just like the amount of times in this film that both Luren and Lara are just kind of like you idiot <laughs>
1: Yeah, so she's like, oh, did he go missing about seven years ago with my dad? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, I think I know where our dads went. <laughs> Which is yeah, literally like,
2: literally like a line from the film. I think I know where they went, <laughs> our dads. Which is yep. such a strange way of saying that. Like, <laughs> yeah. why would you phrase it that way? Also I very slow on extent. the uptake. Yeah. She takes yeah. so long
3: to get there. She's like, wait, seven years ago? Wait, yeah, maybe. Do you think uh, like it's
2: pretty obvious? Like... I think the yeah. film sets up that this Lara isn't actually incredibly intelligent. Rather, like literally, things just stick in her head. She's yeah. like off like average intelligence, but things get stuck in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So she, she. I also had, I think, I know where they went. Our dads noted down as a potential title pitch because that's pretty much like, pretty much like the the basic, I guess, tagline for the film. Like, yeah, we're I think, find. Out the... I think I know where they went. Our dads. That's like <laughs> yeah. very much the vibe of this movie <laughs> yeah there's a puzzle she's like i know where they went it's this map and as soon as i figure out the puzzle i'll have it and he's like they're clock hands because there's all these little like weird lines and scratches on the bottom of the map and he's like yeah they're, they're clock hands and she decodes the times and realizes they're coordinates and boom now she knows where Yamatai is
2: but, but basically she's like come on let's go let's go find out dads uh he's very not into it and then so she like puts the money on the table and then he's like i could buy like two boats which is like again wouldn't help like why would that you just need what anyway and then well, he's as, like
1: as we later learn might have helped well yeah, yeah
2: quite, quite potentially um yeah, wow, great, great foreshadowing movie. Yeah, like, this wow. movie is
1: full of foreshadowing. Jesus, yeah. I will say that she puts the money down, and he's like, "What am I gonna spend it on? A coffin?" <laughs> Which is a pretty sick burn.
2: And also, like, I feel you, dude. I've been hungover before. Like, like totally, dude. Like, I love yeah. that radical, like millennial humor. Like, oh, uh-huh. yeah. I'm never drinking again.
1: Yeah, I think his philosophy is more like it's so dangerous to go that like no amount you can pay me is worth it because I can't do anything with the money other than buy a nice coffin, which I guess is kind of what Richard Croft did when he built that tomb. So maybe that is like following <laughs> in their parents'
2: list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do I want to do with all this money? Build a coffin? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's that's one way to do it. She's uh, reading from her dad's journal, which she very much was like, make sure you burn, get rid of this, make sure you burn this, but she's taking with it a Yamatai... Uh, she's reading from it. We're getting some more kind of bullshit uh, narration, which is like essentially just like repeating a lot of what's been said before. We get we we find out like the Order of Trinity here, and they're like they're the bad guys.
1: Yeah, okay. I gotta say, dude, they actually did it. They didn't just use the Illuminati. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. they made, their true. Well, they made up just their own couldn't. ancient organization.
2: But you yeah, can, you, you, Im- can you imagine, dude? 2018. She's reading yeah, like, from the journal, the like. <sighs>
3: but also, like the Order of the Trinity. It's not. Oh, it's not terrific. Like, like it has like <laughs> triangles and yeah. furry things, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah wow. wow. I didn't even think about that. It is basically <laughs> like a wink and a nudge Illuminati. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we
2: also get a An scene of, of like, yeah. we get a scene of Luren <laughs> watching Lara pull at a chain on the boat, and he is like so into it. He's just yeah, like watching her pull a chain, and he's like, damn.
3: <laughs> yeah, they have a little flirto. They have and, like some uh, real chemistry, which I very much enjoy and very much ship.
2: Yeah, actually, genuinely true. Like, compared to, like, a lot of the films we watch, where there are, like, romances presented to us as being, like, huh? Huh? Like, they, like, Lou Ren and Lara actually had some genuine, like, tension of some kind, which is, you know, at least the first element.
1: And then they're in a storm because they're getting close to Yamatai and this is just, to me, like this scene was just completely fucked. Like, you can't see anything. It's dark, it's shaky cam, it's all Michael Bay's fault. Like, we cannot see what's (laughs) happening in this scene at all. Like, there's like, she's got to jump, like the boat breaks in half and she's got to like monkey bars across some shit and like jump from one bit to another bit and she saves
2: it. It's very fucking video game-esque. Like, I got such like, Uncharted vibes. I'm not sure if you ever played Uncharted, because it's yeah, be a yeah, PlayStation yeah. exclusive. But, my god, dude. Like, which I actually, I kind of enjoyed. Like, I, I again, I would love a little bit more light, as is a, a common complaint I have for most films made today. Just like, just like, turn it up a little bit so you can actually make things out. But, um, yeah, actually, I, I didn't Also mind. just
3: has, like, Lara Croft, like, it also just has Tomb Raider vibes. Like, the game. It's, like, back to, like, okay. the monkey bars and, like, the fun obstacle courses of, like... Does it have very- Tomb
1: Raider vibes? Or does it have Boat Raider vibes?
0: Because <laughs> 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 oh, we are now
1: 40 minutes in this movie and no one has come close to something resembling a tomb. <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: well, yeah.
3: We do get this that very, very good money shot, though, in this scene with Lara just, like, absolutely, like, flying off the boat with some lightning and she's kicking and then we're in the water with her and it's very good i very appreciated it
1: yes no i am i am being willfully obtuse i did know <laughs> this, this is the closest thing to like a tomb raider video game action scene in the film so far
2: which well it is, is cool, isn't it
3: but, we watched yeah, the trailer yeah, it's, it, it, it's actually lifted from
2: yeah yeah we actually like w- oh, went and watched. Well, because there's a trailer for um, like the video game which came out just like a few years, like 2015 maybe, or something yeah. like that. and like this set piece is lifted from the video game. Yeah. Um. So oh, when man. we talk about that's, it being like that video is a video game, that's nice touch. Yeah. 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 Um. And I guess that, that means like they don't they know their audience, right? Like what's the not.
1: Yeah, remember there was that piece of trivia from the last one where it was like some of the stuff Lara does in the movie <laughs> is taken from the video games. <laughs> and it's like it's literally talking about like specific maneuvers, like somersaulting and shit.
2: It was like you yeah.
1: work that into the movie because it's from the games. Like, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, that, and the but the butler like hiding behind yeah. the uh, the <laughs> tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, exactly.
1: like, I, 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 I guess if you're making a movie out of a video game, like
2: sure. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's half the fun. <laughs> She's like swimming to the shore. Um, gets there, sees some, like, men on the island, like, with, like, wep- weapons, and she's, like, sort of, like, s- like, looking at me, like, what's going on? And then she just gets, like, knocked the fuck out.
3: I got very spooked in this scene, especially with this, like, the flickering bad lighting happening, and you just make out some figures in the distance. I, like, genuinely was, like, quite shook when she got hit.
1: <laughs> yeah. This gave me Lost vibes, this scene in particular. Ooh, remember yeah, that dude, show, Lost? The, uh, the, uh, yeah. the island, and, um, Yeah, and, like, the, the uh, creepy figures, like, Half scene Locke, on the beach, the polar yeah. bears. Yeah, um, yeah, save the chili uh, to save the world. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, whole yeah thing yeah. That was definitely in Lost and not Heroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Exactly. Um, Faraday, a physicist. Oh my god! Don't get me started. Do not get me started on that. <laughs> okay, so
1: she wakes up in a tent, and straight away, this fucking dude called Matthias Vogel is coming in
2: with the weirdest, creepiest energy. I just hate him. Dude, so it's Walton Goggins playing the villain of the movie because Walton Goggins plays the villain in every fucking movie at the moment. Like to an extent where, like, surely it's like you can't cast him unless you want an obvious villain. Because if you put him in the movie, everyone's gonna be like, "Well, that guy's bad." Like he is
1: obviously a villain. Like he's not really trying to hide from being a villain at all. Oh no, certainly. He's not that scary, like, in this no. movie.
3: He's just He's a bit just flat, like... though, isn't he? He's just, yeah. like, oh, I'm a bit... He's, like, bored of being a villain,
1: almost. Like He's got, like, a thousand-yard stare thing.
2: Like, <laughs> yeah, his, his character note is that he doesn't want to be here. Yeah. And yeah. which means it looks like the actor doesn't want to be there either. <laughs> the whole thing is, like, oh, I'm so dumb with this. And it's, like, yeah, dude, me too.
1: Like, get to right, the tomb the thing, already. The thing that annoyed me about this scene is that, like... For a movie that has been so, like, not even willing, but insistent on spoon-feeding you the narrative, he does so little explaining of what is going on in this scene. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's just, like, lurching around the room, like, just being like, I'm stuck
2: on this (laughs) island. He's
3: just, like, monologuing at her.
2: Basically, uh, a huge thing there is that, like, he found Lara's journal. So he found the journal... Or Or the dad's journal. Yeah, Richard's journal... Um, and so Lara has essentially completed her fetch quest, uh, for the (laughs) villains of the movie, having brought everything they would ever need in journal form, uh, to them. Um, Yeah, because it's
1: like all his notes about where the tomb is. So like, yeah, okay, fucking, we haven't even, we've done a worse job of explaining this than he has. He's here to try and find the tomb of Hinniko. That's basically the thing. Yeah. And like, she happened to stumble upon him on his island and he's like, I don't get to leave. Yeah. He's kept on the
2: island by a mysterious employer who he speaks to through his Mm. satellite phone. Um, he's kept there, and he can't go back and see his family until he gets into the tomb of Himigo. Also, yeah. just,
3: like, wild contract. Like, who's holding him this,
1: yeah. t- like, <laughs> fucking...
2: Yeah,
3: that is true. Like, seven years. Like, that's, that's a long time.
1: That being said, he does just, like, flat, completely, without any semblance of trying to act, to deliver... He's gone now. I killed him about her dad. Sorry if I was too blunt. I'm out of practice. So like the implication is that he was here on the island with her dad. I guess trying to find Himiko and then he killed him. And like yeah. that, that's 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 where we are now. He's been trying to find the like Himiko for the next seven years. But he's fucked. LVP honestly for me at this point. Yeah. Because like he, he just like he just brings no energy to the scene. He's weird and creepy and lurching around. And like his delivery is very disinterested. But I guess that is the character. But also fuck him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Um, and so he just, like, sort of, like, sends her outside, basically, like, he keeps the journal, and then, like, she's, like, sent outside, she sees Lu Ren, who is, like, being, like, tied as a prisoner, working on this, um, also, like, almost like this, like, they're trying to break through, like, and, like, mine into this mountain to try and find the tomb. We
3: see the explosions, they're, like, blowing up yeah. some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, And she's very, like, dazedly walking around, obviously just, like, maybe found out that her dad is dead, but doesn't seem that affected, to be honest. Like, doesn't really compute with her. Um, And then also, what I I love about this scene is that (laughs) Vogel just waits, like, five minutes for her to, like, walk down and stumble into this, like, slave pit and then just, like, yells down at her, like, you shouldn't have come here. But I'm glad that you did. Or like something yeah, along those lines. Yeah, 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 but I just yeah, love the delay. Like, why didn't he just say that when she was in the room? Why did it be Right, exactly.
1: <laughs> like this whole scene is so staggered in such a weird way. But like, at least we find Ren is alive. At this point, my brother, who was watching this movie with me, yeah, like, he was like most confronted by the fact that these guys, like, have a bunch of guns. And he was like, so if these guys just like Formally invaded Japan, <laughs> <He's> <laughs> conducting a military operation on Japanese soil. As like, this company, like, why isn't anyone thinking about the geopolitics? Of- yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so Lu Ren is like, "Hey, uh, the these people are all slaves. They're all fishermen, and they're being enslaved to dig up the mine of Himiko." And she's like, "He killed my dad." At which point, Lu Ren just like kind of side-eyes her and is like, yeah, he killed mine too. And he's just, like, surprisingly cool with that. Like, he just is yeah. like, yeah, these, uh, these guys told me
2: that they saw him kill my dad. And it's like, oh, cool. It would have been great to have a callback here of, like, I know where they went, our dads. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh no. We've gone from thinking to knowing.
1: I, I did like picture like a fun meme here, like very twenty eighteen. Like I thought this would be like very, very cool and like relatable. Maybe we should like make this meme and put it on our Instagram and like see if it resonates with the teens. Okay. I, yeah. I was thinking like it'd be like a, a picture like of the two of them here, and it'd be like Lara, like the caption would say this. It'd say like Lara, Colin, he killed my dad, and then it would say like me trying to impress her. He killed mine too. Like,
2: what, do you, what do you think about that? That's actually that's actually quite good, dude. That's actually, yeah, I think nice. I think the teens would love that one. You know? Yeah, I, I thought so. I'm pretty keyed
1: into what teens are into, so I think, yeah. I, I, it you know. sounds like it. It sounds like it, dude.
3: Um, I will say though about this scene when them both like reuniting. It is quite odd that. It feels like he's been there for months now and yep. she yeah. like he's like he's like very much sort of yeah, he's come settled. to like he's a really settled in yeah, yeah and like she very yeah. weary and like Across it's been it. like twelve hours tops. A bit like, Shh, <laughs> like, no, not even really. Like well, yeah. he's
2: probably just like hung over. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like he, he's probably so used to like drinking. It's been like a day without liquor. He's probably just kind of like <laughs> and so it feels like he's been there for three months. And he's just kind of like, this yeah. is my life now.
3: We got a very fun line with him being like, "Well, he did take advantage of a drunken sailor." Oh
1: my <laughs> god. <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, He's like ingratiated with the people, though, right? Like, he's like, these are my people. Yeah, he's has <laughs> yeah, like fully he, assimilated. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he, re- he really has. Yeah, And he becomes like their king in pretty short
0: yeah. order. <laughs> oh,
2: God. Yeah, there, there's You're some big short- imperialist vibes in this movie, <laughs> for sure.
1: <laughs> Matthias <laughs> comes down and is like holy shit guys, Richard's book has where the tomb is and I'm like why is all this stuff in the books that he left behind? How is it in the books? Like at the time he was writing the books he hadn't been here yet and like <laughs> if he did have this stuff written down why would he leave it and not bring it on the expedition? That's like, the the, the content of these notebooks makes no fucking sense to me.
3: Also just like, if he's, if he's so worried about people finding where this tomb is. Like, don't create maps and, like, how, like hot tips on how to get there. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Or, or, like, you know, in, like, 2011 when he disappeared, maybe, like, some encrypted files or something <laughs> like that. Or some yeah. technology. Some password or, protections or, or, that have a notebook. Yeah, something, yeah. <laughs> Or like if he's putting in codes of like, like yes he puts in codes to hide the island. Why not code the whole fucking thing? You don't want Lara to read it, you don't want anyone to read it. Just code the whole fucking thing, Richard. Yeah,
1: wow, that is true. I hadn't considered his lack of encryption technology. That's, that's yeah. quite damning, isn't it, really? Two thousand eleven yeah. times Richard. Just
2: get on fucking Wicker or something, dude.
1: Like, yeah, you're, you're Jesus. Living in the past,
0: Richard. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So a guy gets sick whilst working. Okay, this just makes no sense to me. It's literally like one of the workers gets sick and falls down. And they're like, get him back up immediately. And Matthias walks over and just straight executes him. This isn't funny or fun or light or wacky at all. There's no whimsy here. This is a prison <laughs> camp with a fucking execution scene. Like this yeah. is so fucking We up. are we,
2: we are a long long way away from Ian Glenn like reclining on a chaise lounge. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> It's essentially, like, the same scene, like, a recreation yeah. of, like, them trying to get into a temple, and it's a very different That vibe. scene
1: had shirtless Daniel Craig chanting with work people, like, pulling down a wall. Yeah. This scene has fucking Matthias Vogel gangland executing a slave. <laughs> this is very, very dark.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, we also, basically, basically from this point, like, Luren and Lara are just kind of like, oh, this is fucked. And yep. uh, I think Luren sees an opportunity to uh, disrupt. sacrifice himself for yeah. Lara, a woman he just met. <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> to be fair though, Luren is a fucking artist with a shovel. Like the way that guy, like weapon of and, choice, I would say. I got and big an, an assault vibes. rifle
1: and literally everything. <laughs> yeah. This guy fucking rules. Yes, yeah. he later learn. Uh Yeah, so he basically decides he's going to sacrifice himself for Lara, and he's like, "Hey, Lara, get ready." Picks up a shovel, fucking straight ices one of the. Dirt with the shovel Lara's escape plan involves face planting into a rock because she like <laughs> jumps she jumps off the thing she's on just like straight onto a rock yep. <laughs> like Lou Ren starts a riot and Lara gets away but he does get shot in the process yeah
3: and there's some frankly terrifying footage of a pulley system getting like cut and then oh like yes. whip lashing across
1: the camp oh which man, just was bad luck like for me high tension wire stuff is always
2: spooky It is. It's hard to say out loud, though, isn't it? Like, I I 100% agree, but, like, making a point of it just sounds strange. Like okay. it's such a rational fear, you know what I mean? Like, it's in like I completely get it, but it's so rational. Like, that's actually really dangerous. <laughs> but it's not like supernatural or like weapon-based. It's just like it's just very cautious, and I, I'm a big fan that's, of that. That's that's an OHS scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The true danger here. All exactly. O-H-N-S. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh,
1: Jesus. So Lara gets like clipped by Like, a gun, I guess, and, like, falls off a waterfall. And that's, like, right? Like, she's... Now, this this stuff was starting to feel pretty Tomb Raider-y, even though we're nowhere near a tomb. Like, she's, like, running along a log, like, over, like, a big, like, ravine, trying to get away, and she, like, falls off into the ravine, and then she, like, has to, like, grab onto, like, a fucking thing at the last minute. Uh,
3: She doesn't even grab onto it, though. She accidentally falls onto it, and then her rope, like, her her tied-together hands catch... like, onto the, like, yeah. a rusty nail or something. That's like, right. Again, That's sort right. of, like, talking about her not really ever, like, winning or, like, actually doing good things. She's just sort of, like,
1: falling and, like, pummeling herself yeah. into things. Yeah. Like, a- Angelina Jolie Lara Croft would have been, like, falling and been like, hmm, there's a thing I can grab. There's a thing I can grab. I'm going to, like, construct yeah. a fucking flying machine and, like... Very, very, very Jack West Jr. for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas this Lara Croft is like... <laughs> Um,
3: And this rusty airplane is also something that's lifted from the... um Game, yeah, but that was oh, awesome. Look at
1: you guys go, which I, I um, really
3: like the stakes in this. I really enjoyed this scene, especially with just like everything crumbling underneath yeah. her. She's like throwing herself onto like
2: some of the environmental decay in this movie and like the environment, like, like the you know, like actor versus environment sort of stuff. Mm. Like, it's it that's quite probably like the film shines because like a lot of the person to person interactions are a bit stilted. <laughs> um, and so like the, the best parts of the movie are generally like Lara just having to deal with her environment,
1: yeah, like. The environment stuff is cool, and like, uh, one thing I'll say about the scene that I really, really enjoyed, at least we can fucking see what's happening in this. <laughs> hey, it's scene. a big benefit unlike, of this one, yeah. <laughs> unlike, unlike the boat crash that happened before. No, this seems actually fun, like, at this point, I felt like the movie was picking up. That being said, I don't think we've actually put a fine point on explaining what happens here. As she's falling off the waterfall, she catches on to this rusty plane carcass that just happens to be hanging off the edge of the waterfall, and then she's like, in it right like that's that's it yeah that's and it's like is.
3: slowly shifting in over the waterfall and like she's like reaching to try and grab which like a parachute bag yeah which i just think is wild that it was right next to her like i understand it's a plane and it probably has like parachutes in it for like oh and s reasons but the fact that it's still there and that she manages to like do this like quite frankly, distressing shoulder sort of poppy thing to try and get to this parachute. And then she just grabs it and, as she's falling, manages to release it and then, like, not... Somehow hold on to it? Like it's
2: Yeah, release it, hold on to it, the parachute's full of holes, and then she gets to steer herself through a forest and get pierced by a branch. It's like the this movie is just like way like literally like, like the setup of this film is like the setup from the boxing match. It's just Lara getting wailed yeah. on again and it's again a, until she taps out.
1: It's a panoply of sadness, like a never-ending <laughs> shit show for Lara Croft. And <laughs> she just
3: hits the ground so So hard. I felt it in my bones. And I, like, frankly, was worrying about her ribs previously with the face to the uh, rock we had before. But if she's got any ribs that aren't broken after this scene. I would be very impressed. Yeah. <laughs> like <she's>, she yeah. <laughs> yeah, that
1: is um, something people in this movie like injuries
2: just do not like they are not cumulative. <laughs> no? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nothing, nothing it's on that vi- it's a, it's on that video game like you just like sit down and hide behind a rock for like sixteen <laughs> seconds and that like, your health eat, goes eat back three up. Three
1: wheels of cheese and a glass of ice cold milk.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and Man, that's a, that's a lot of dairy my guy. I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. I think I think that would end up injuring you. <laughs> yeah, that's true uh, Hey, I've got another mighty goof for you guys Because now it's right. night and she's
1: bedding down for the night And at around 57 minutes after Lara escapes Matthias As the scene turns to night There's a close-up of a bearded dragon in a tree Um, This is a desert lizard native to Australia And could not survive in the humidity of the island So, just, just in case so, you weren't paying attention um, you know, yeah, yeah. maybe... <laughs> you know what square enix maybe leave it to the geographers to figure this shit out and just stay in video game world because australian desert lizards no thank you all right and at this point in the film i actually have a new segment that i invented literally at the beginning of this recording when i sat down to look at imdb to pull like goofs and stuff out of it which is probably like the most upsetting game that, well, like segment that we've ever had on the okay. show. I just want to oh, like no. play test it here and see how it works with you guys. Like, okay, I'm not. I'm not sure if you're aware that like amongst like so when you go like a movie on IMDb, you know, there's like all the different stuff you can click on. There's like you know storyline, uh, parent's guide, like genres, like fucking MPAA ratings and stuff like that. Yeah. There is, there is another thing on there that we haven't really dipped into before that I would kind of like to maybe think about, which is called plot keywords. And these are plot <laughs> keywords as defined by the IMDb community. Uh, I'm just going to throw out like the top, the top five. Let's go with that and just see how they <laughs> grab you. Um, hard body B cup feminine hair visible midriff thin girl long hair cleavage uh, um, what feeling about this as the what? part keywords yeah just gonna keep going thin woman long haired woman woman with long hair heroine Lara Croft action heroine parkour chase peril uh, I mean like are, I
2: mean to be, be honest like I think the most upsetting thing is that they have so many individual categories for long haired women like, yeah just, like,
1: just <laughs> I mean it's surprising isn't it? literally like like feminine hair, long hair, woman with long hair, long-haired woman. Like that is insane. But like you've got to go ten fucking plot keywords down before you hit something about the movie. Oh my that's god, that's so
3: terrifying. Is that what happens right? if you look at other action movies that don't have female like, leads though? Yeah. Are there like, I don't know. Are similar?
1: Okay. Like I've never dipped into this category before, but I have heard, I have heard that from a certain perspective, IMDB is the most comprehensive fetish database Probably on the internet. Like, because, like, yeah, say you're interested in. We, 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 we sort of in... spoke about that, right? Of, like. like... Yeah, say you're interested in, in, in hard body B cup feminine hair. You just go ahead and throw those words into IMDb and you see what comes
2: out. Man, scrolling down, like, and this is, like, n- not to minimize just how fucking horrifying all that stuff up top is. It has, like, a depiction of all like the fighting stuff. And it's like, martial arts, mixed martial arts, hand-to-hand combat, punched in the face, punched oh in the chest, God. kicked in the stomach, kicked in the face. Like, can you imagine being like, I'm really after for a film where someone gets the kicked in the stomach. I really need to see the someone very, get kicked in the stomach.
1: The very specific punches and kicks. Oh no title goodness. at beginning. <laughs> no title at beginning. No opening credits. I fucking hate those movies. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, what I really want is something with
2: like cleavage, thin woman, feminine hair, visible midriff, and no title at the beginning. If I could get something with um, a camcorder, a CEO, and shot to death at some point, um, that would be good. Oh
1: my goodness, this oh, is crazy. These, hey, IMDb, your community's the. F- fucking worst <laughs> do something about this this is so
2: gross I'm now on character repeating the someone else's dialogue that is one of the key words. they're so specific but severed I, I, finger I, I... decomposing body like fuck these people man
0: Oh.
2: man wearing dude. a suit and tie oh. <laughs> That's dude, like... dude Jumanji welcome to the jungle drinking alcohol for the first
1: time reference to a penis man wearing an earring <laughs>
2: Oh, my God. Re-
0: reference to Cindy Crawford.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Hang on, <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay.
1: Oh <laughs> what are okay. these? What is is
3: this? Oh. Benjamin. Oh. Humans are you awful ha- people. You have
2: changed my life, Benjamin. <laughs> Just this see is how is how the, the show now. community categorizes This is it. the whole... This
3: is all that you guys should do from now on. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh my god, dude. I was going to do taglines after this. I'm not sure we're going to have time, my guy. Because I'm at the Point Break 2015 plot keywords. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Top 10. Criminal, bikini, time bomb, athlete, heist, extreme sports, FBI, FBI agent, undercover, obscene finger gesture, flash grenade, ocean, sea, honor, new age, flash forward, eco warrior, character oh my repeating God. someone else's style. Oh, why is that so relevant? Dude, I'm oh. at the I'm at the Dude,
1: alright, so like this is how synchronized we are, because as you were going to point break twenty fifteen, I was going to point break nineteen ninety-one. <laughs> Surfer. Ben Robbery, male bonding, undercover, extreme sports, undercover cop, heist, bare butt, bare chested male, barefoot male, male nudity, pubic hair, male pubic hair, sleeping shirtless, sleeping naked, masturbation, friendship between men, male friendship, sleeping nude, waking up naked, male <laughs> <woman> nudity. <laughs> oh my god. I that's... do
3: appreciate the male nudity that there is at least some reference to males' bodies yeah, in the categorization. That, it nice. is, frankly, horrifying the difference between oh. these plot keywords oh my god. and yeah. Tomb Raider, which was what? Like the first. Okay hard body, body. the first
1: one That's is hard, so hard body
2: yeah, yeah. hard like, body beakup b- is like one of the hardest things I've ever heard in my life oh
3: that makes me sick
2: okay I'm gonna click on obscene finger gesture I'm gonna click on shot in the crotch and... okay oh my god <laughs> most popular obscene finger gesture titles <laughs> Deadpool 2 Black Panther Dude. Rampage, dude, it's most po- Deadpool, most most popular shot
1: in the crotch titles. Pulp Fiction, Hateful Eight, Django Unchained. Fucking what is Tarantino, up, Tarantino. My dude? Tarantino. What is up Quentin? With crotch shots? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why do you okay. need that many? I'm I'm gonna look up um bare butt and bare chested male and just see what comes <laughs> just see out. It. So bare chested male, The Meg, Crazy Rich Asians, Avengers: Infinity War, <laughs> Mission Impossible, Vikings, uh, bare butt, Deadpool, Deadpool Two. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Very good. Very good.
2: It's here so people can be like, oh, I want a movie with uh, female showing feet. But who is doing this? The community.
3: So people just (laughs) go in and... Who
1: is doing (laughs) this? You can tick them in the search. What I'm doing right now is searching for male rear nudity uh, plus shower. Uh, (laughs) Just arbitrarily picking some here. Plus... Plus, let's just keep scrolling through. Plus, urination. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, and what about um, independent film definitely don't want any Hollywood (laughs) mumbo jumbo in there Uh, keep scrolling oh voiceover narration gotta have that love that stuff love that (laughs) stuff so now that I've decided on my specific fetishes I know I should see American Psycho wow
2: (laughs) Oh,
1: (laughs) wow that is something else shall we move on I feel like we have to although so we're just gonna end up stuck in this rabbit hole forever
2: yeah yeah I think so
1: we're back in the forest with Lara with our good friend Lara Croft and it's nighttime and she's going to sleep
3: and she hears something and she gets very spooked and starts uh sort of like looking around and investigating and then this arm just like comes out of nowhere and like is trying to strangle her and it's that tracker guy yeah. who's been following her and then we get this horrifying mud wrestling scene which was again very hard to watch cuz it was very dark as well Chris Nolan esque like,
1: gritty, bi- like reboot. Yes. Be-
3: <laughs> and and they're wrestling, and she's um, you know, she looks like she's gonna not gonna make it, and then she like gets like gets the guy, and she's like holding him down, face down in yeah. the mud, and she's doing like some drowning fun rest- him. Yeah, and she's like screaming in anguish, and it's like obviously like talking about this stuff with like the origin of Lara Croft, and like this is obviously the first person she's ever killed. Yeah, and it's like really quite distressing to watch her do this because she's like it's it's hurting her like emotionally and you can and she's really got the screaming down to be honest with you yeah
2: like, at least knows knows how to like scream yeah. throughout a movie because yeah. she does it in this one
3: <laughs> a lot
1: <laughs> I will say though during this awful fight where she drown drowns a man face down in an inch of muddy water she does use an improvised weapon which is one of our points of remakeability she picks up a rock and she smushes his head <laughs> with it so <laughs> as horrible improvised. as that is it is remakable, I guess she sees like what looks like a hobbit through the trees and is like <laughs> oh, I better go chase that. And it's
3: well, like... Well, also, like, every other person on this island is trying to kill her. Yep. Why would she, like, want to go towards this spooky figure in the distance that, like, that just doesn't make any sense? And maybe it's like, you know, she feels it in her, like... Instincts, it's her father, she knows, and she's always known along. You know, she never believed that he was dead. I did not get that
0: vibe. Maybe
2: maybe she's just got like a a taste for blood now, and she's found this random loner in the woods, and she's like, I'm gonna kill him too. It'll be easy to
1: kill him, I'll get away with it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting some big castaway vibes as well. From this, like next scene, when she's like running up the like, cl- he's running up the cliff face,
1: and also, also in Castaway, when he goes on a murder rampage, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> this strange bearded man uh, is like sort of like running away. Lars giving chase, running up this mountain after him, uh, and uncovers that it is her dad, and he has joined a folk band because um, his his hair is long and lush, and the beard is really happening. Um, and like, really good for him you know because it's very 2018
1: yeah he says just ignore it it'll go away which is a title pitch for me because that's how I felt about the film and <laughs> then uh, <clears throat> she like convinces him that she's not an illusion by saying stuff that his mind would also know he's like but she's like, but dad, it's me, remember this? And then does she their does weird the ET kiss thing. thing. But it's like, yeah. but if this was an illusion, like, the illusion would know that. Like, the illusion is conjured by your own mind. Like, it's not like, it's like, oh wow, it must be real, because she knows stuff that I remember. And we get <laughs>
2: uh, a title pitch from me, which is uh, Dominic <laughs> West struggling with the, the line again. Sprout! what in the blazers are you doing here? Oh, man. Which I was just like, oh, that is just the whole the whole vibe, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then she basically
3: um, remembers that she's got no ribs left and just, like, <laughs> collapses into his arms <laughs> and is like, I'm hurt.
1: He says to her, I'm not going anywhere. I bet that shit's not true, just based on oh, the no. way. <laughs> on the, on the history, yeah. This narrative is probably going to go. <laughs> uh, he's been missing for seven years and now they're back together and I guess that's a happy time for them.
2: Until Lara reveals that she gave up the
1: notebook And he's like, you bitch
2: (laughs) I take it all back
1: He's like, I told you to burn that, you idiot! Because, <laughs> and this is definitely uh, a, a direct quote from the movie, which is, "As long as the tomb was safe, you were safe." <laughs> which is like, I guess that's true for some reason, and like, yeah. his, his entire like, I don't, uh, yeah, whatever. As long as the tomb was safe, you were safe. Fine. <laughs> I guess the, the the point that we come to realize here is that like, in his seven years of being trapped on this island, he's come to believe that like the
2: magic of Himiko is real. So she takes a bow and arrow, and it's like, fuck this and just, like, heads out to assault the camp, basically, with, like, a single bow and arrow against, like, multiple people with assault rifles. She goes over there and, alright, this was very funny,
1: like, she's like, sneaking around the camp, basically, I guess her thing is to try and, like, save Lu Ren and the rest of them, like, she doesn't care about the tomb, like, she's not trying to she's not trying to protect the tomb, because she doesn't believe in the magic, which is fair enough, and then, like, we hear Matthias like, yelling over his shoulder, because they've now found the door, and the door apparently has some, like, ancient Japanese puzzle combination lock on it, and he's like, try a combination, and then another one, and then another one, and then he, and then he stops. Like, just three. We're going to try exactly three combinations. No more. Exactly three, and then we're moving on. Basically, is she like... Does she get the sat phone? Like, I feel like she... She tries yeah. to get the saffron?
3: Yeah. No, we see a shot with Vogel with it it says transport approved. So like, okay, cool. He's like called his big
1: boss. They're on their way. Yeah. Um, the transport's coming now. And she decides to make a move and just kills a man with a bow. Then she kills another man with a bow. Then she gives Lou Ren an assault rifle
2: and he is a fucking
1: weapon. so good. assault rifle. He, like. also, he,
2: he also heals from bullet wounds real quickly and real well.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like a, a, a natural born leader of men. (laughs) because he rallies the fucking other prisoners and they start, like, a full-on revolt. Like, there is a stark contrast with the, like, dark personal reality of her confronting her first death in, like, this gritty, like, up-close way drowning a man in the mud. And Lu Ren explodes a guy with a grenade launcher like six
2: minutes later in the same movie. (laughs) <laughs>
1: like We've already done the thing about being sad about killing people, now we're just straight yeah, well, she's into got a, it.
2: She's got a taste for it now. Yeah. Um, dad rocks up, basically, like as they're running through this camp. Uh, I guess her dad is just kind of like, ah, I, I'm not sure if he's going to like try and chain himself to the front door <laughs> of the tomb, but he's going to try and do something. Um, and then Matthias like, like catches him, like holds a gun up to him and he's like, like attacking him, yelling at him to just like open it. And he says like, open it again and again and again and he again. He says, open
1: the tomb so I can go back to my family. And then Richard says, if I open that tomb, you won't have a family. <laughs> 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 Which is like, just not true, but okay.
2: Uh, Matthias
1: says, with or without you, I'm getting in that tomb.
2: Lara comes to like, save her dad. Um, she's like threatening to like shoot Matthias with a bow and arrow. Matthias very like like, uh, intelligently, is like, do you think you can shoot even an arrow before I can press a trigger to kill your dad with this gun? Like, you yeah. can't. And her, her dad's like, do it, do it, kill him, and he'll kill
1: me, and everything will be great, and the tomb will be sealed, and everyone will be safe. And she's like, no, I won't do it. And he's like, finally, a croft with some sense, which I thought was like them barreling the camera and like looking at Angelina Jolie directly through the movie. Screen. Oh, <laughs> <holy>. <laughs> Just like, dude, a huge, call. huge
2: call. Huge out call out for Angelina Jolie. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Yeah. That is savage, dude. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so uh, Lara's like fine I'll open it I know how to do the puzzle because my dad taught me about Japanese puzzle boxes and it's never explained to us by the way as the viewers like we don't get to understand how it's opened like that's fine she knows how to do it so she twiddles all the knobs and like the door falls in and now one hour and 20 minutes into our hour and 50 minute movie <laughs> we're rating a tune <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations to this movie uh, I gotta say LVP to, to Dominic West's fucking Richard Croft for being such a goddamn crackpot like he like fully believes all the supernatural
2: shit like he's really his mind has has soured uh it's again very dark in here they're walking around heading on into um a place like like a death tomb like a tomb for a death queen (laughs) in an island in the devil sea and like there's this weird contraption to get in there and then like cool We're through the obstacle, now all the way, like, literally in the journal there's stuff about all these, like, booby traps and that sort of thing, and yet everyone's walking in there just kind of like, cool, alright, well, it's it's a bit uncomfortable, let's just keep on moving ahead, and it's like, just use some common sense, because one of them steps on a particular, like, uh, pressure pad on the floor... Everyone freaks out, and he was like, <laughs> oh, "You should have seen your face!" <laughs> and then he gets spiked through the ass yeah. into the eye. <laughs> he
1: does get shish kebabbed, and I'm gonna go add a tag for IMDb for butt spike and eye spike.
2: And <laughs> oh, nice, dude. <laughs> can, to you, the community can you, that can, you given can you, you throw in like simultaneous butt and eye spike? Because yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's like rare. Yeah, that's true. If you're looking for simultaneous
1: butt and eye spike, this is the movie for you. And um, they keep
3: moving along, and they come to like this like mountain of skeletons that is just like in this
1: The Chasm of Lost Souls I think it's called or something like that and yeah yeah. I'm not not sure they're lost (laughs) yeah hey uh, I think I found them (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) yeah I don't know like fucking how much time do you want to spend talking about these various like fucking boring ass generic ass tomb traps yeah I
2: mean yeah this this one like Matthias sends over an impromptu bridge she does it this is actually a point
1: they have so much fucking military gear outside why do they need this janky ass ladder bridge that they're all going to have to cross like where they're like oh yeah we'll get a ladder that's just like mm, three centimetres longer than the chasm it's trying to yeah. and use that like that's fucking ridiculous but
3: and why is he sending her across first as yeah. in like being like ladies first and doing all this stuff he needs her yeah
1: that's true that's true I
3: do like this one shot we get of um, her dad smiling at her cool ladder
2: walking skills yeah like, yeah. I taught her that <laughs> it's like, her, I remember when I used to walk across ladders back when yeah. I was a Tomb Raider yeah <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Then we go to pray to Himiko. They go in there and then, like, pieces of the floor fall away. Like, the doors lock. They have to use, like, different coloured pieces of glass, I guess, to, like, change the lighting in the room. And there's a little, like, rhyme or a little, like, riddle about um, bringing, like, changing death to life. And then Lara realizes that she needs green, but there's only like blue, like primary colors. And so she grabs like the blue and the yellow and makes green light. And then the doors open and they roll ahead. And, it's like, pretty all like. While the floor is falling out underneath them. Yeah. Like this seemed kind of like a video game puzzle, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah, no, totally, so. totally. I was
3: pretty let down by it though. It's like they yeah. didn't actually, they didn't really solve it. They just like kept trying them until it worked, sort of thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly, okay, yes, that was the thing, yeah, like, the puzzle solution was literally try all the options, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. very cool, great. I will say, a lot of solving this puzzle was predicated on Lara's ability to make clutch catches. Oh my <laughs> god, <laughs> yeah. Like, hurling shit at her like, yoink, like, just grabbing these shits out of the air. Like, if she fumbled one of those once, they would have been
2: fucked. We then roll from this, uh, into a chamber full of her army of, like, 1,000... handmaidens, Handmaidens, who all committed ritual suicide to serve her in the afterlife.
3: And do we get a quick shot here back to Lou Ren, who's, like, standing in the forest, and then, like, has this, like, army of people sort of emerge from the forest, and he's, like, coming back
1: for her? Gotta say it, MVP for Lou Ren. Yeah, oh my god, he's so good. I want more Lou
2: Ren. Lou Ren basically is like, man, Lara, I'm sorry guys, we can't get off the island, I'm going back for her. And then one of them's like, I'm coming with you. (laughs) Like you, because like he's your, a
1: natural-born leader. Like, yeah, I'm going with kind
2: of... you. Your your father gave his life for us, and then as as you would have, or something like that. And they all start rising as if like I am Spartacus or whatever. And then like he literally he's anointed king. He's anointed king of the islands. And then like the king has an army, and he takes it to the tomb. Like it's yeah. obscene. And like, if I'm not mistaken, like. Vogel's people, there's like four of them.
1: Yeah, I know. (laughs) Now Liren has this army of fucking, like, weakly armed but still, like, 60 guys. Anyway... They finally find Himiko's tomb, back inside the actual tomb, and Richard is very spooked, and he's like, "Don't open it! I'm a big idiot, and I believe in the fact that there's a curse there, and it'll kill us all." <laughs> and then, boom! They open it anyway, and that's one preserved ass mummy. Her eyes immediately cave in, and her flesh rots away. Not sure that's how that actually works, but okay, whatever. Yeah. Vogel has no fear. He's like, "Cool, cool. Pack it up. Let's get out of here." Like he's fucking already like picturing his hot dinner. Like he's mm. so stuck. He wants to hang out with his yeah. kids. He's gonna make his daughter's recital. Like he's he's up in yeah. He's already at home. Uh, I will say whoever built Himiko's tomb has a fucking sense of humour because they spring-loaded the corpse yeah like, why did they do that the henchmen reach in to get the corpse out and it just like springs up into a sitting position like <laughs> it's like yeah a jump scare but it's not actually gonna like encourage anyone
2: to leave because nothing happens afterwards like, well, it just, just like lies back down it's yeah. so obviously a prank yeah. like there's no staying power it was it's just kind of like a prank and you know what dude <laughs> we didn't have
1: it but pranks are always remakeable always, always re
2: remakeable.
1: <laughs> so, well, well done. Uh, all of a sudden, one of the military boys starts looking real plaguey, and oh, Himiko's death powers, as it turns out, as Lara, I guess, puts together quite quickly. Well, these that, things stick in her brain. Yeah, is that it's <laughs> she actually a virus? She wasn't locked in here. She came in here by choice to save the world because she had some fucking biochemical virus that was killing yeah. lots of people. And blah, she was blah, blah, blah. she was
2: a carrier, but so she was immune to it. She's yeah. a zombie! Um, yeah. She's,
3: it's a motherfucking zombie disease. I'm so here for zombie disease in a La- Tomb Raider well, movie. Well, yeah, because yeah. it
2: really, it doesn't want to say that, like, they're zombies, but it basically implies it. Like, we start yeah. seeing this guy turn, essentially, um, and he's, like, screaming and getting aggressive and killing people and that sort of thing. I, yeah, i got to um, say, dude,
1: LVP to this guy for immediately touching his face as soon as, like, his <laughs> hand starts being all plaguey. He just, like, rubs it yeah. all over his face. Like, that yeah. is poor hygiene, and he deserves yeah. it what comes to that? No, I, I
2: agree, I agree. Um, so they're basically aware that like this is like really fucked up. This is what order. This is the weapon the Order of Trinity wants. Yeah, they um, want to turn the disease into a weapon. I guess. Yeah. How, did,
1: how um, did they know about it though? Is what I want to know. Yeah. But anyway, Vogel realises he just needs a finger, so he, like, snips a finger off and...
3: Casually puts it in his pocket, this very yeah. scary infected yeah, yeah. finger. He puts it in, like, a little, <laughs> plastic,
2: in a little plastic baggie that he puts it into his pocket. Yep, and the Crofts
1: make their move. Like, Lara picks up a pickaxe and, like, fucking fucking wrecks a dude with it I think Richard picks up a gun does he and like they yeah Richard Richard
2: grabs a gun and then like
1: shoots Matthias in the the back in the leg that's right in the calf which is an injury that just is not relevant in the rest of the movie (laughs) yeah Uh, so what I want to know is oh my god yeah
2: actually that's so true let's circle back to that but like none of these injuries I definitely
1: circle back to it later but like uh, fucking what I want to know is Matthias starts running away he's been calf shot he's got the finger he's got what he needs and he's like stop them why do these fucking peons for Matthias, like, why are they continuing to risk their lives here? There's no they way they're getting paid see, enough, like, right? They like, see there's like a zombie virus outbreak and like, well, the boss says we have to stop these guys, so I guess we better just do that. Like, fucking hell. Like, are they just, like, born evil or are they really stupid? Like, why do they want to...
2: Like, yeah, like... Is, it's got it, tunnel
1: vision. is it nature <laughs> or nurture,
2: you know? It's a big question, Benjamin. Uh,
1: <laughs> Lara's running away. She's got one of the henchmen coming after her. She, like, hides in, like, a fucking, like one of the handmaidens like coffins but then like he finds her and i think she like falls through like three layers of coffins like it's kind of goofy
3: we get very classic lara croft obstacle course flying spiked log things come out of nowhere which i'm very here for and definitely got some flashbacks to the, the game when i was playing when i was 12.
1: Yeah, I mean, all this Tomb Raider stuff is actually Tomb Raider stuff. It just took too long to happen. So <laughs> she goes back to her dad and he's like, oh, I got bit. And she's like, oh, it's a shame. And they have like a really hollow moment where he's yeah, like...
2: He basically says, chin up, Sprout, there's jobs to do. Which is like, dude, you're dying. Like, she came around the world to find you again. Obviously, this is a big deal for her. And you're like, ah, forget him. Like, just like <laughs> smooths over the emotional trauma of watching her dad die after finally finding him
1: yeah, like it it really does feel like underdone, like this this interaction here. They're just like, okay, well, I guess you have to sacrifice yourself now because he's like and he's, he's like
3: gonna- Daddy's love- Daddy loves you and he goes back to this weird third person <laughs> bullshit that just like feels so I don't know yeah it's
1: very strange. So she starts running after Fogel, uh, and alright this was actually sick. So like when she catches up with Vogel he's like limping because he's been shot and like he's finally got back to the Chasm of Souls and he's about to like run across the bridge and like presumably when he gets over the bridge he'll kick the ladder down and she won't be able to get there. And he's like halfway across it and she makes a fucking play. She like dives out into the middle of the gap and, like, grabs onto the thing and, like, climbs up on it on the other side of Vogel and is, like, blocking him from getting through. That was a sick stunt and a very good play on Lara's behalf. And then they proceed to have, like, a fist fight and this fucking... This fucking pisses me off Like in, in movies where it's like, this is the big bad, so of course he has to be a really good hand-to-hand fighter to rival the main character, <laughs> despite the fact that we've seen no yeah. evidence of this at any point in the movie, and he's been shot in the leg. It's like fucking at the end of the fucking total remake when Brian Cranston is beating the shit <laughs> out of Colin Farrell. Like, of all like, people. Like, why did this... Like, there's been no evidence of the fact that Brian Cranston's character is a fucking sick martial artist and we've seen Corin Farrell kill like 800 guys that's how, that's how I feel about this scene it's like why is he able to beat her up it does not make any sense
2: she like backs out and heads towards the ladder. And then uh, Vogel's like, "No, don't do it." And she's like, "I can't let you leave." And then kicks the ladder out, essentially oh trapping God. the two of them. Why there. did, did she do cool it? Such a cool way
3: to do it, though. She like just like slides backwards with and like does it behind
2: her. It's yeah. a very
1: cool kick. Yeah, it's a
2: good dance move for sure. she she got some training.
1: But why did she do it? She was like, she could have run across the bridge and then chased in. Instead,
2: <laughs> yeah. Look, like, you, you make you make a good point. She's there, like me. I'm gonna trap us both in here anyway. So she runs, rushes back in, and they get back into like the skirmish, essentially. And Vogel, like fueled by the anger that he will never see his family get to that recital or eat that hot meal again, um, is like pretty much like gearing up to kill Lara. Somehow he gets
1: the upper hand. Like the, yeah.
2: D- Okay, fine. Whatever. Like, fine. So fine, we're I- seeing this intercut with uh, Richard Croft just sort of like saying his goodbyes, flashing back and like seeing like Lara as a child as he's like preparing all this like dynamite and this grenade and shit like that. And then he starts to turn as he like essentially like detonates the first um uh, the first explosive. Uh, we just see a flash of fire right before he starts turning, and then like this explosion ripples throughout the this tomb. And then Lara just I, suddenly I, I, gets more powerful. I guess
1: the explosion gives her the power to win the fight. I, like,
2: <laughs> I think it's a Highlander thing. I think her dad dies, (laughs) and she's the last Croft, and so she becomes the Highlander, and, like, actually grows more powerful. Because, like, literally that happens. Yeah, Her dad dies, and then she beats the shit out of him, and then shoves that dirty, nasty finger into his throat.
1: She does do a nasty finger throat. Yeah, it's very bad. And then she does punch him in the throat, which is a nice (laughs) callback to the deadly throat (laughs) chop that Lara does in the original film. Yeah. Anyway, she says you messed with the wrong family. Okay, that's fine. And then she... Jumps across as the whole tomb is falling down around her, and Vogel is left to die in the chasm, right? Like, yeah. He's he's trapped. She escapes, she goes out, meets up with Lou Ren, and oh my god why was this needed like this is this is the tag for character repeating another character's dialogue because earlier <laughs> yeah. she'd said you're not dead yet and he'd said no shit and at this point he's like huh you're not dead yet and she's like no shit but it's so not an appropriate time for them to say those words like it just is like they needed to shoehorn it in before the end of the movie <laughs> it didn't make sense like she's come out of the ground and the first thing he says is well you're not dead yet and it's like yeah <laughs>
2: like g- obviously thank yeah. you <laughs> Jesus, Jesus where so, were you with your army like couldn't yeah. you have come in where like, were you at dude like, yeah.
3: I will say again this is like one of those moments I feel like this movie doesn't really have a very good understanding of time and space and how characters move through it because what it takes like Lou Ren so many like You know, quite a while to get back to the tomb when presumably they'd run there before when the like rebellion was happening. He's probably
2: being carried in like a royal palanquin sort of thing. (laughs) Like, he probably gets up there and his like, his new subjects are slowly taking him off the mountain. That's why it takes him so long.
1: So anyway, now she gets in the palanquin as his queen and they get carried over (laughs) to the helicopter that was there to, like, back Vogel, I guess. And uh, they take over the helicopter with their army of, like, fucking peasants, I guess. Their peasant army. And... They escape in the helicopter. And the helicopter pilots must just be like, man, what is your day? What is your day like, <laughs> helicopter pilot? Like, you don't, you don't know anything about what's going on on this island. Like, you're like, your job's to go out and pick up this guy from this island. Okay, great. You get there, there's, like, a king with a peasant army, and he's like, you, you work for me now. And, and, like, you just get shanghaied into dropping them off. Like, she goes back. She, like, is willing to accept that her dad's dead. Like, she's, what, she goes to the estate. She gets her Volvo. She goes to the company and she's like all right i'm finally gonna sign the paperwork and acknowledge that my dad's dead and that i'm the new croft now ceo of croft industries uh anna i think you better handle the day-to-day and gives anna power of attorney and then all of a sudden she decides she's like hmm, you know what i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna have a quick <coughs> look through like the businesses that i own as the ceo well, yeah, of croft like why,
2: why not have a look before you yep. sign away like yep. your, yep. your yep. rights of like doing that just be like ah you know whatever
1: no, no worries. Oh, what's this? We own Patna Corporation? Hmm, what's Patna Corporation? And then she has flashbacks to remembering that, like, Patna was, like, the shadow corporation that, like, was really Trinity. <laughs> yeah, that was, like, really Trinity, the shadowy organization, and she's like, hmm, what? And then we get this, like, weird shot where, like, she's flashing back to all these, like, Like, she's, like, Virgil being, like, someone's on the other end of the phone. Cut with a shot of Anna Miller getting in the lift and, like, barreling Lara Croft. And then, like, she, like, flashes back to seeing, like, a photo from one of her dad's dossiers of, like, a woman walking down the street who's, like, Trinity's this organization. Basically, she, like, just sticks it and puts everything together at the last minute and is, like, Anna's from Patna, which is Trinity. And really, they're they're the bad guys. But what I want to know is, say you're Trinity and you've got this Patna, like, fucking Shell Corporation Why do you sell it to Croft's Industries? Like, if (laughs) Croft's Industries is your, like, nemesis, right? Like, your Trinity, Richard Croft and his family have been, like, fucking you at every turn for centuries. Like, you're like, you know what's a great idea? Let's let him acquire our shallow corporation.
3: (laughs) Well, they're trying to, like, infiltrate, right? They're trying to, like, it's probably meant to be a sneaky thing.
1: But it's not very sneaky. But they, they've already infiltrated, because Anna's, like, on the board. Like yeah, it doesn't really make sense. You don't need to have the company belong to Crofts Industries. Yeah,
2: no, for sure. They anyway... S- sold it off.
1: That is where mm, you think it ends, but then... <laughs> <laughs> we get the recurrence of Nick Frost and Jamie Winstone and yeah. she's back in the pawn shop. She buys her fucking necklace back and then, uh, I don't know, does someone to do this? I just, I hated this very much.
3: I love this bit so much! <laughs> As somebody who has spent a lot of my early teenage years playing the PlayStation game just she's like okay so she sees that they're um got the guns out the back whatever she like goes out the back there and she's like having a look what they've got and she like picks up this like one big like pistol thing I don't know about guns or anything what it is but it's like definitely instantly recognizable as the ones that she has and then she's like you want to get that she's like I'll take two, and then just, like, lifts up the two pistols into a very class classic Lara Croft, and she's become the Tomb Raider. Yeah. Oh, I got
1: so hyped from this scene. Lara Croft Origins is over, and now we've got a fully-fledged <laughs> Croft, And Darren's in the picture, too, the sequel. La- <laughs> yeah, Lara Croft yeah, 2, exactly. Sibling Raiders.
2: I'll take two of these pistols, and also... Is that my brother Darren over there? <laughs> I'll take uh, two of no, these no, pistols. No.
1: One's for my brother Darren. <laughs> 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 The final shot is them back to back Holding the guns up
2: (laughs) Oh man
1: So, thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this particular recap and rendition of The, the Tomb Raider, I believe it's called, uh, you can go check us out at SICurioShow on Twitter if you want to see more of what we do. I'm also out there. I'm available. I'm at Mr. BT McAllister. I exist on the internet, so if you Google me, you'll, you'll find various things. I am at
2: Jackson underscore USID on Twitter. Um, and uh, same choose, anything that you want to, like, you know... Throw out into the social wilderness. Uh, promote.
3: So I am at Revolving Days um, on Instagram, and also Ooh. M Saint Clair. All my shows just finished. Actually, don't have anything no. coming up right now, so that's <laughs> not very interesting.
1: Yeah, well, well, we'll just leave like some blank here, and then like when you do have something, we can go back and
2: edit. Yeah, we it can yet. go. We can go back and like throw it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure.
1: Alright, Jackson and, and, and Sinclair. If you will, I would like very much for us to discuss the most and least valuable players in this movie. I had Nick Frost and
2: Jamie Winstone. Oh, I I did for scene. sure. I had Lou Ren as well yep. uh, yeah. for, for becoming the peasant king. <laughs> um, and I think
1: that is it for me. Definitely
3: Lou Ren.
2: Lou, yeah. Lou Ren for you? Yes. You're on Lou Ren. Alright, yeah. I can I can see that. Let me let
1: me try let me try here and and, and weave something together about this Jamie Winston thing. See, in many ways, this is a movie about family lives. (laughs) I think. (laughs) <laughs> that we should respect the source material of the movie and uh, acknowledge previous MVP. Because I'm pretty sure we gave Ray Winston the MVP in the Point Break remake. If we oh, didn't, did we? we should have.
2: Yeah, uh, we definitely should have.
1: And, and and maybe that's a case for the the co MVP of Jamie Winston and, and and Nick Frost, not based off their own merits, of which there are plenty, but purely off their familial <laughs> familial associations.
2: Yeah, I because well, I'm torn because like don't get me wrong, like, I think my two favorite scenes of the film probably had um, uh, Nick Frost and Jamie Winston so I'm, I'm very into the idea of a co-MVP for the two of them um, however seeing like the apotheosis of Lou Ren from like man to god king <laughs> Um, was, was quite exciting yeah
1: you're right that is also on brand like the idea of a god king is very on brand for Tomb Raider so maybe maybe
2: that makes sense maybe I, thought, I thought you were going to say for this podcast yeah, well, <laughs> like the idea of a god king is quite you know that's that's very much on we, we can we frequently have
1: with. god kings on here so you know yeah, yeah, right. you've convinced definitely. me Lou Ren, Lou Ren it shall be now LVPs I've got the guy who gets nailed by a stationary bench uh, I've, also got, I've also got Matthias Vogel and I've got Dominic West uh, or rather Ooh, Richard Croft oh and the guy who touches his face <laughs> oh,
2: <yeah. laughs> well I mean like from like an OHS perspective and there are a lot of issues in this film I think like if you ever have anything corrosive or dangerous or even like fuck some chilli on your hands wash <laughs> your hands before touching your face and I think that's a really poor message to send out to the kids watching at home.
3: Oh, definitely Daddy Croft. Just, just...
2: <laughs> Daddy Croft. Yeah. Daddy loves you. Yeah, that, that is quite horrifying. I, I feel like if you went person. by Daddy Croft, it would be
1: very... Would it be good or bad? Now, let's... Uh, <laughs> I, mean, Dom- very... I mean,
2: Dominic West within the, uh... Yeah, let's... No, um... d- stop it. <laughs> 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 I'm,
1: heading you, I'm heading you off at the pass with that one I know where Dominic you're going with West. this. You've done it before, and I won't let you put my ears there again. <laughs> <laughs> although Dominic West is an attractive old dad there's no question about that he's a handsome boy but yeah. I, will not, I will not say that word
2: <laughs> um, yeah. he's well, not quite
1: uh, Randy or Dennis Quaid to you
2: Dude, did you see that thing about Jeff Goldblum? Like, from off the, off the back of like his. Yes, I did see it. That he <laughs> likes good.
1: being called Daddy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, where are we? We've got a face toucher. We've got a daddy crafts. Face toucher.
2: Yeah,
3: it's
2: pretty stupid. <laughs> to the man that, that that throws away personal hygiene and safety uh, <laughs> to touch his sweet face. Well, we've all time. seen
3: zombie movies. We all know, like, everyone in our day yeah. and age, I feel infection. like, knows about infectious zombie diseases. I have, yeah.
2: yeah,
1: a small amount of sympathy for people who, yeah, like, don't know about zombies in movies. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Really? Seriously? You're fucking this up? It is the face-toucher. We're agreed. The face-toucher <laughs> has done it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now it's time, if you will, for a little bit of trivia. Alicia Vikander put on a lot of muscle. To play Lara, as she wanted the character to be as realistic as possible, and also did some of her own stunts. Just kind of cool.
3: Yeah, there is a lot of upper body strength happening in some of those end scenes. Yeah.
2: I wouldn't go out of my way to like make a specific category on IMDb plot <laughs> keywords for her. Um, but like, like props hard to body her, B like, cup, visible midriff, yeah. feminine hair, hard
3: body B cup.
0: Oh, it's such dude. a hard,
3: yeah.
1: Hardly. <sighs> <sighs> That's wow, like Daisy Ridley, Amelia Clark, Saoirse Ronan, and Cara Delveen were the forerunners for Lara Croft before Alicia Vikander. Holy shit! Any of those would Wait. be a salam dunk.
3: Can we have all of those, please? Can they just pump out some movies oh, and just
2: like, like <laughs> sort of like a like a like a it's a David Niven Casino Royale where they have like multiple James Bonds, but <laughs> yes, you're getting like multiple good. Lara Crofts, or, or maybe
3: it's like a like a team of Tomb Raiders. Yeah. So she like gets her like.
2: Posse, oh, wow. yeah. You have Lara, Mara, Yara, oh. Darren. He's there. He's the Tomb Finder. Dara. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's up top. Dara, yeah. <laughs> Guys, I think we found the untriviable movie. Oh, wow. So, like, the one the one bit of trivia worth knowing is that Alicia Vikander... This Jimitanda, is a video game, and Alicia Vikander yeah, put on that, muscle. Yeah, and, and that a there bit, were a, hey, bunch of act, a bunch of other actors that were, uh, you know, possibly going to be called up. Um... Does that mean it's, like, the perfect movie?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or the worst movie? It's
3: either one or the other, right?
1: (laughs) I I, I think you're right, Jackson. I think this is the perfect movie. I think we found it. I think this might be the end of the show.
2: Yeah, well, it's been a great seven years, dude.
1: I'm glad that... uh... You know. Yeah, finally, I- I'm glad I found you on this island just so we could record one final episode.
3: <laughs> Still Interested is a production of The Curio Network and hosted by Ben McAllister and Jackson Yusid. We are produced by me, Grace Chappell. Editing by Jackson Yusid. Theme music is Anitra's Dance composed by Edward Grieg. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Curio Network and at SICurioShow. We'd love to hear from you if you've got thoughts about the show, so find us on Facebook or Twitter. If you like the show, think about giving us a rate and review on iTunes, or wherever you listen. It actually is really helpful. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where I talk with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them. Or How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons, where we play D&D. Seriously, it's a lot of fun. Check it all out at curionetwork.com. We'll see you in two weeks. Thank mm-hmm. you.